It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of BlindAndroidUsers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, and welcome to episode 33 of the Blind Android Users podcast. I'm Ed Green, and with me this week are my fellow co-hosts Warren Carr, Austin Pinto, Marion Mosen, and we're recording this on the 24th of July, 2021. It's a busy show again this week. We have the usual announcement section from Austin. Our app category this week is all about social media, something that I know many of us use our Android phones for. We're having a minor rebrand. We've changed the In Focus section to Spotlight because we think it better fits what we try and do in that section. And in the Spotlight this week is the author and developer of the new Audible Vision app, Adar Balingi. In the tip of the week, Warren will be showing us all about copying following a query we had on our email list this week. And finally, in the App of the Week section, I'll be demonstrating the new social media app, Hello App. How are we all this week? Getting hot in my area again. Uh, yesterday, though, we kind of got up to about 90 degrees. And and today, we're supposedly going to be 96 degrees. So I'm going to be staying indoors. Wow, that's hot. It's humid here and sticky. How are you, Mariam? Uh, things are amazing. We just finished the national holiday that we had. And, you know, we had a festive, festive celebration this year. It's good. What's going on in Mumbai, Austin? Is it still is it still uh, flooding there, or is the weather weather settled? Oh, in Mumbai, today the weather is settled, but unfortunately, we have a very big landslide near Mumbai in which fifty people lost their lives. So Ooh. we really need to. We are our prayers and thoughts go to our listeners if anyone is impacted by that. And there was a serious flooding there in our in our area. Actually, there was water. So luckily. It didn't reach my house, but there was some serious flooding maybe two days back. Yeah, thoughts very much with those affected. Let's turn to our announcement section then. Over to you, Austin. So this week in the announcement section, we've got a lot of extra content on our YouTube channel. So not much announcements, but a lot of extra content. So first of all, I show you how to pair your Android phone to a Windows 10 or a Windows 11 computer. Then Warren does a demo of the Ledger scanner or the Voice Dream scanner, which is the OCR app. Then we have the first of our kind. So all our videos are like audio with a logo. Like I add some effects with a logo when I'm rendering the video, but this was the first of its kind. Doug had made our had made a video. He got the TikWatch 3E and he got the and he made the video on reviewing it, unboxing it, and all that. That is a video come audio review. So if anyone has got some site and they can see the video, it's all on our YouTube channel. We'll have the links in the show notes. Then Ed made a demo on the Hello app on a YouTube. Uh, channel and the same thing will be added to our podcast for those of you who don't want to listen to YouTube or they listen to the podcast by turning off the screen that will be added for your benefits. Then Warren makes a demo of the ID OCR app 
and which is also a good OCR app. And we had a demo of Invision app, and then we have a demo of Sullivan app. So in episode twenty nine, we had done an episode of OCR, and these are all the detailed. We didn't go in detailed. We demoed all those apps, but we didn't do a detailed demo of those apps. So all these videos that you are listening to are all detailed demos of the app. So that's it from the extra content. So please subscribe. We'll be having more content, and also another announcement which I remembered is that our site is like almost ready and functional. A bit changes here and there coming up in the next week or two, but otherwise our site is functional and all ready. And all thanks to Doug. If you want to build your WordPress website, you can visit his site Arc Accessibility, and you can contact him. The link will be in the show notes. That is it from the announcements. And do you want to go on, Austin, to talk about or introduce anyway the uh, the OnePlus launch event that happened earlier this week? So earlier this week on twenty second, the OnePlus launched the OnePlus Nord Two. They launched their OnePlus Buds Pro, and these was this was like the last hope. That all the technical YouTube people were hoping from OnePlus that they will get back on track, and fortunately for them, they did. The OnePlus Nord 2 comes with a MediaTek Dimensity 1200 CPU. It's the same 1200, but with some additional AI functions. So they're calling it the MediaTek Dimensity 1200 AI. It comes with a dual battery, so the total capacity is 4500 mAh. But they have two batteries, and the best part is it has a 65 watt fast charging. Now I had a lot of complaints from OnePlus when they launched the OnePlus Nine that they only supported one 5G band and all those things. But the OnePlus Nord Two supports nine 5G bands, but six are enabled. So three will be enabled using software updates. And it comes with two major Android updates and three major security updates. The screen is normal, six point four three inch, ninety hertz. The camera, a lot of AI stuff added there. It's not a Hasselblad camera, but a lot of AI stuff added. The only downgrade from the OnePlus Nord, the original OnePlus Nord, is that the front camera does not support. 4K recording of 60 FPS. It supports 30 FPS, so that I think they will enable it using the software update. But that is the downgrade from OnePlus Nord. But rest all the features are an upgrade. It's a worthy. This device is very good. The only bad part about the device, yes, there is a bad part. It comes with the back code merger of ColorOS. So it comes with Oxygen OS 11.3. The UI has is the same. The only change in the UI is the camera UI has changed. So the camera UI or the camera app is not the original Oxygen OS app. It is now become Color OS. So slowly, slowly, OnePlus is changing to Color OS. That is the most unfortunate thing. I I hope they don't fully change to Color OS. What are your thoughts about the launch? I like I like the fast charging. Uh, I think that's good. 
Um, I quite like also uh, the, 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 the dual battery concept. I, I, I thought that was good as well. Um, in, term, in terms of mid-rangers, I wonder whether the, you know, something like the Xiaomi Note 10 Pro uh, looks to be a looks to be a sort of a, a fairly a fairly worthy competitor. And obviously, it's an it's a, it's an older phone, isn't it? So uh, I don't know. I, I I wasn't too disappointed with it though. I thought uh, I thought I thought they did quite a good job. Well, what I'm thinking though, you know, maybe that camera though that they've changed or switched over to the one from the Color OS or Apple, maybe that may be more accessible than what the OnePlus One has. You know, anyone thought of that? Could be a benefit. Could be. You can tell us when yours will arise, Warren. I know you're a big <laughs> fan, aren't you? So you look, you look yeah, better and older. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a big fan. Well, it's not coming here to the US. That's the sad part. It's coming to the UK if it isn't already. I think one of our um, operators is offering it three, which is owned by Hutchison Wamboa out of Hong Kong. I think they look to be offering the, um, uh, the OnePlus Nord 2 5G. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's coming to the European and Indian markets, but not the U.S. market. They kind of give us the bottom of barrel kind of thing. I don't know. The, the Samsung S series in Europe, the S21, we get MediaTek, you get a Snapdragon. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> oh, come on, bro. It doesn't seem very fair. <laughs> we do. Our, our, our Samsung S21 Ultras and Pluses and Standards have MediaTek. No, don't they have Exynos? Though? Sorry, Exynos. Not no, media they have tech. Exynos. Yeah, ex- yeah, yeah sorry, Exynos. Exynos. I meant yeah, we don't want to give you media but tech. That's a but, bottom but you get of snapdra- you get Snapdragons in your North American <laughs> Samsung. You get proper Qualcomm nonsense. Yeah, but then why is uh, OnePlus treating us like a catfish at the bottom of a lake? You know, uh, what's going on? <laughs> Oh, but it's a good phone, and actually, it sounds good. And the other thing that I heard is that with the Android 12 coming on with the Oxygen OS, one would be able to finally undo the thing that OnePlus did. And by the way, this Nord 2 also is like that. But once you get Android 12, you could say, hey, use the full power up, up, and away, you know, that um, (laughs) uh, Rudolph. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, our full yeah. power, Rudolph. <laughs> but no, Nord 2, not not bad effort, I thought. Yeah. The most surprising thing about Nord 2 is that they, everyone was saying it will launch at 30,000, 32,000 Indian rupees, but they launched at 28,000. And the another bad thing what they did is that they launched the 128 uh, GB storage and 6 GB RAM as the base variant just to launch it at 28. And they said that the base variant will be only in limited supply. So actually, it is 28 is just a show off. They're launching it for way higher. Ah, yeah. Was it that there's a new Poco phone that you know came out trying to undercut that OnePlus Nord 2? Yeah, the Poco, the Poco <laughs> F3 GT. Basically, gives it a bit down, you know, <laughs> and yeah, for a cheaper a price. But it's a gaming phone. It has all those triggers and magnetic triggers and all those things. Mm-hmm. But it's a worthy competitor. People like, you know, gaming, you know. Um, I, I don't game on my phone, but uh, a lot of people like, you know, game. Game is becoming a huge thing in the mobile world. Yeah. But, but the other thing about those phones as well is they can be quite good for both sound and power. So yes. Other, yeah, other, yeah. other reasons to like them beyond the gaming world. Like, is it that ROG Phone 5 from Asus, whatever it's called? Uh, that's ROG another, Phone 5, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's another sort of good one with, with decent speakers, I think, and, uh, you know, yeah. designed for gaming, but actually application outside of that. 
there was like a war on twitter going on between oneplus and poco on twitter uh, they launched their phone the next day after oneplus saying that we are competing with oneplus yeah at a cheaper price naughty now we turn to our must have apps and the ninth category this week is social media uh, th- this category of apps really needs no introduction although obviously it could cover a vast array of different services out there so we'll touch on a few of them I always think that social media is a young person's game. And I think the nearest thing we have to a young person around these parts is Mariam. After all, we <laughs> attempted to establish her grandparental antecedents on episode 32. So it only seems right that I open up with Mariam to talk about social media on Android. Mariam, what are you using? So actually, I'm a girl who likes to try out everything. Like, um, you know, when any social media app um, comes into you know the the game i always want to try it so i literally use everything i use twitter i use facebook i use um instagram but my most most favorites are facebook and twitter um because you know the accessibility there is amazing and i would also i'd like to point out that instagram is not that accessible and it always always makes me mad because if Facebook is accessible and Messenger is accessible and every single product that we have from the, the company is accessible, why not make Instagram as well accessible? Like, I want to be able to actually read posts and uh, images. And while you can read images um, and actually Facebook describes, you know, photos and stuff, it doesn't happen often with uh, Instagram, which is really annoying, to be honest. So, um those are my preferable uh, Facebook, I mean, <laughs> social media applications, although I've tried someone's called BuzzFeed, I guess. And um, um, I've tried the Hello, by the way. And, you know, they're good. Let's, let, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on Facebook as well. I think we probably have to, given popularity. Let, let's start with Twitter, though. Do you use the native Twitter client or do you use a Tweetings or a Plume or something yeah, else? Yeah, I use the Twitter client. Um but, you know, tweeting is actually, I tried tweeting as well. It's kind of good just because when you actually are writing a long tweet, it just splits it, like it splits the tweet into parts. Um, you know, I think like replies on the tweet, which is great. While there's another one that does a weird job, which is it, like if you have a long tweet longer than the normal, it like um you can have a link and you can go there and read the rest of the tweet, which is you know kind of annoying. Not not everyone would go there and read tweets. So I love Twitter. I use Twitter, but sometimes I use tweeting. Um, yeah, I, I I like tweeting just because it you know t- Twitter will put other stuff sort of sponsored things, won't it, on your timeline and things yeah. like that. But uh, I think I think tweeting's yeah. I, I hope it's still in development. It hasn't been updated since December twenty twenty, uh, and, and its reviews do still seem to be well. The, the reviews seem to be getting worse on the Play Store, which is yeah. a bit of a shame. I mean, I still I still use it to the extent uh, that I yeah. use Twitter. But because you know there there are a lot of updates that are coming to Android, but tweeting isn't updated. So it's kind of it crash. Sometimes it might crash, especially with updates. Um, also, something about Twitter that's really annoying. There is like in Facebook right now. It's been a while, and all like the the image description there is pretty good, especially with Arabic. Um, but on Twitter, on the other hand, I think they would need to work more on that because it doesn't tell me like. And by the way, there's been an update in Facebook. It now reads GIF. Um, 
you know the stickers so it's amazing that i i actually did find out about that yesterday and i was reading the gif um photos which was cool but on twitter they're not doing great job in image description i guess another non-native twitter app worth a look is is, is plume I do, I do prefer tweetings over plume but plume seems to be updated a little bit a little bit more often um i might just show facebook uh, on android i i do like it um what i really like about it is it's very very stable so i know like i said last week we're not a comparative podcast but on other platforms you know people are writing every week with something that's broken in a facebook update so it's not accessible anymore i haven't had yeah. that on android except once when the back button crashed the app but uh you know i've, I've always for instance been able to check into locations they've remained labeled um i'll, I'll show you it though there, there is one uh, bugbear I do have with it. 1823. Messenger. Flip Facebook. Facebook. Facebook logo button disabled. So your tabs are at the top. Facebook logo button disabled. Selected. News feed. Tab 106. Watch. Tab 206. Marketplace. Tab 306. Groups. Tab 406. Notifications. Tab 506. For new. Menu. Tab 606. And immediately below the tabs, if you have the news feed selected, you have the ability to sort your news feed. Tab. Recent tab. So I have mine set to recent so that I'm not subject to Facebook's algorithms. Now, here's the slightly annoying, well, two slightly annoying things. One is it's very verbose. Profile picture, Sarah Ludic, three minutes ago shared with Sarah's friends. Actions for previous post. So quite a lot, quite a lot of information there. It said profile picture, which I didn't think it needed to say. And then, just so we didn't um, uh, disclose what my friend had posted, I swiped, and you heard it say, "Actions for previous post button." And I'll just hit this. Facebook like button, react button, comment button, post menu button. But instead of doing a double tap and hold on the post to bring up that menu next to every post there is something that you have to swipe past so it takes you two swipes to move between posts and you might say well why don't you just slide your finger down the screen to do sort of get around that and i'll show you why you get about two posts on your screen so that's why sliding your finger down isn't a particularly productive uh, method of doing it but still i do like the fact it's very stable and it never breaks yeah also one of the things about facebook is in groups when someone posts in a certain group it like previously it used to say shared with members or shared with group but now it says shared with and the name of the group which is sometimes pretty long and it annoys me um also the thing with double tabbing and holding it works but also we have the actions for the previous post button um which is like which takes a lot of space in the screen i guess and sometimes it slows down my my browsing i guess which is annoying yeah. yeah, yeah. I should have said you, you can do it that way, but they, they have that button there, which it would be really good if they got yeah, rid yeah. of. But the fact the fact the fact the app is so stable and uh, doesn't doesn't seem to break to me, I think is a, is a, is a bigger thing than that. Now, yeah. I I don't use Facebook, guys, but now you're talking about long pressing. What happens when you long press uh, on? The, I want to say tweet, not a tweet, on whatever post, post, post that you have. When you long press on a post, doesn't it just pop up menus maybe near the top or maybe where does it pop up the um, toolbars? 
like button. Let's Hello. see where it is. Comment button. Like button. It's Double near the bottom activate. and it's vertical. Act, react, button. Comment button. Post menu button. Home yeah, button. so, it, so long, just above long, the home button. So long pressing also works. Right. Yeah, they, it, yeah it, it's okay. a problem that you can't get rid of the other the other button that's next to every post. So you can't elect to use long press instead of it, which is the problem. So it always stays well, there. Mean, so it's two it's swipes. At least better than before when it when you know every single button was actually like after oh, the yeah, post you have that. like button, common button, share <laughs> button. It was a nightmare. Yeah, that was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, but no, it's 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 good. It, it's predictable. It's reliable. Uh, so I do quite like it. Warren, do you use any social media? Well, if it were not for Blind Android Users Podcast, I wouldn't be. I do have Twitter <laughs> because of, you know, Blind Android Users. And, you know, from time to time, I find something interesting. I, you know, tweet it out of there. But other than that, I, I personally don't use any of such things. So uh, this is for you guys. I'm not into, I'm not social, you know, but I need to stay social, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pro tip. I, I use Twitter as a complaints function and you need to, you need to pick, you need to pick the right organization because let's face it, Delta Airlines don't care. Uh, everyone abuses them. Oh so gosh, don't if, even if talk about Delta Airlines yeah. and French <laughs> Airlines. <laughs> that's right. You need to find an organization that's going to care if you abuse them. But once you are abusing them on Twitter, it's like having a support call, except it's not one-to-one, it's one-to-many. So they are dead keen that their reputation isn't besmirched by some person <laughs> like me. And when I say abuse, I, I don't literally mean sort of swear at them or anything. I mean, express your issue forcefully in public. Um, and then not only that, but you've also reached someone who's been promoted sufficiently that they've got a computer which um, gives them access to this company's brand. So it's going to be better than dealing with someone on a call centre. So uh, do it. And it's also really good for information finding because um, I was sitting in the Air Canada center in toronto a few years ago watching um uh world juniors ice hockey and uh it wasn't on uh the radio that i had with me so i asked them if they had any play-by-play and i got a tweet saying they did so i went down at the um end of the first period and picked up the headset so it, it does positive things too I, I quite like twitter for that sort of stuff that's good austin you must use social media i've seen you on bookface yeah, I use social media only to promote a <laughs> podcast and to get some other information and all to contact friends. I use Facebook. I use Twitter for complaining. Like to my IST, <laughs> our, government, our government is on Twitter. So we get alerts with trains and all those railways are railways on Twitter. So all those people on Twitter, so I follow them. Our municipalities on Twitter, so I follow them. So it's like, my Twitter, if anyone sees my Twitter, it's like a newspaper. So I follow all the Indian newspapers and all. I get all alerts. So I use it for all information stuff and for complaining. And what else do you use I, outside of Facebook? Then I use Clubhouse. Then yeah. I use Clubhouse a little bit, but I don't go much. I just see what all the friends are up to, who is talking where. Every day I get some notification, somebody's talking. And then if it's something interesting, I go there. That's all. Really interesting. You know, the clubhouse thing, I think it's kind of waning or something. I don't know. Maybe because yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> it's not as hot as it was when it first got started and all of that. So now talking about Twitter that you guys talked about, you know, complaining, maybe 
I will now use that power of Twitter and complain about Amazon and the Kindle app and also complain about Pocket Casts. Uh, podcast client because there are some things in there now that WordPress has taken them over. Maybe uh, my complaint will be heard. Yeah, I suspect Pocket Casts are going to be more receptive than Amazon. Amazon are in the, probably in the category of companies that don't care when they get abused on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but then they have the accessibility department, and I kind of begin to it's wonder true. what in the world yeah. is the accessibility department Four. doing when they're ignoring <laughs> yeah. what we're complaining about. Yeah, it's true. We should definitely give it a go. Does anyone use Snapchat? I don't, but... Uh, yeah, I do Snapchat, but just <laughs> I installed it a couple of years ago, and it told me that I'm still underage, but I haven't installed it afterwards. <laughs> I think now it actually allows you know people that are, are under 18 to install it, but I haven't tried it just because it's not that accessible. And also, it's mainly based on, you know taking pictures and stuff like that and you know so i don't use it often although my friends do and and does anyone use tiktok because that's the other one isn't it oh that man it's popular it's not accessible it's not accessible so stay clear then everyone of tiktok on android yeah tiktok is banned in india so stay clear it's banned <laughs> or bad yeah it's banned it's banned ban. yeah so what what other uh, social app is out there, of course. Would we consider things like, no, I don't think uh, things like WhatsApp and uh, whatever fall in that category necessarily. Necessarily. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's such uh, an amorphous category, isn't it? I mean, I mean, WhatsApp and Telegram and Android. I think I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of Telegram, but I think that's more of Telegram rather than an accessibility thing. I, I think they're both broadly fine from an accessibility well, perspective, I aren't they? I guess I would consider Telegram as a social media network since yeah. they know it has channels and groups and stuff. So I guess yeah, it can. Yeah. yeah, but WhatsApp works fairly well on Android, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it works. It, it works yeah. well. And in our spotlight section this week, I'm delighted to say that we're joined live by Adar Balingi, who is the developer of the very new Audible Vision OCR app. Welcome, Adar. Thank you, Ed and Warren and team uh, for having me here. Warren, over to you. Edna, thank you so much, my man. We are so thankful that you are joining us today and with Audible Vision. Edna, you know, we we love Audible Vision and we want you to tell us a little bit about how you got started, what led you to starting Audible Vision, and whether or not you have any blind people that you know, that kind of thing. Uh, what really made you got started sure. on Audible Vision? Yeah, right. So... Uh, so, so I have high myopia since childhood, and uh, as as we know that around only uh, you know ten percent of people around the globe have uh, high myopia in terms of uh, uh, minus ten uh, and more, right? So I can see uh, clearly with help of my spectacles, but without spectacles, it is almost impass- impossible to imagine uh, having a normal life uh, in a, and perform the day to day tasks. So hence, I I always felt that and with the and being a technologist myself. I always felt that technology can certainly help uh, people having, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, who are dealing with the uh, the difficulties with the site, and how can we leverage it uh, to make uh, uh, to help people be self-reliant? Because that's that is the key. Uh, self, because with self-reliance comes confidence. With confidence comes opportunities, and that's what is the real need. So, with that thought in mind, uh, I felt that. Uh, the, the being technologist, I used to develop a lot of Android apps earlier, 
uh, why not create something uh, using machine learning, artificial intelligence, and uh, which will help the community become self-reliant. And that's how Audible Vision came into existence. So let's talk about Audible Vision, just in case people really don't know, uh, what, we're, don't know what we're talking about. Uh, let's talk about the app, you know, um, just in case someone is hearing, hey, what the hell is Audible Vision? So tell them what Audible Vision does. Right. Uh, so Audible Vision is all about how experiencing the real world through the voice. And uh, it will, as I said, it will help gain self-reliance in various daily routine tasks and as well as pandemic safety. So uh, with the help of Audible Vision, uh, you, you will be able to identify a given product and you can uh, just hold the product in front of the camera and the application will try and identify what is the product name because typically a product will have a lot of text on it, right? Uh, so here the challenge was to identify only a specific uh, text within the plethora of text and to identify the particular product. So that is one of the examples and that we have termed or coined as smart text. So similarly, there are other features like document reading. So uh, it is a simple document reader. You just hold on a particular letter, a bill, and it will read everything. It is not like your smart text where, where it will try to identify something, but rather it's simply reading a book, reading a article, reading a newspaper. And, and, and that's the document feature that the application has. Quickly talking about a couple of other features are like, uh, as I said, uh, pandemic safety. Uh, although I know that in many of the Western countries now, things have been much better and relaxed, uh, but still for the rest of the world, even where I am living right now in India, we still have to follow uh, the, uh, the rules and regulations and the masks because uh, uh, things are still not settling up here in terms of COVID. And that's the reason uh, we felt a necessity that uh, if, if, if someone in front, uh, if the person is wearing a mask or not, whether it's a delivery person or as simple as you are having going through a commute and you want to understand whether people are wearing masks or not, whether there are a lot of crowd there or not, where you potentially want to avoid that crowd. Uh, and that that is the feature that is provided by the mask detector. And apart from that, you can do a couple of more things like finding a particular product. So whether you are at a mall or whether you are looking for a particular product within your refrigerator or kitchen, just speak it aloud. For example, I want to find out dairy milk and it will go ahead. And, and as you move the camera across, the application will be will start beeping only when it is able to identify the dairy milk bites text. So, so that helps not only just for product finding, it will also help in finding the shop names, if you are at a mall, uh, you particularly are interested in elevator or the exit sign, uh, and then all of it, right? You can just uh, imagine the various scenarios that can be uh, taken care of by this particular feature. So, uh, so yeah, so this, these are the few features uh, which will help in the daily routine, and that's what the whole Audible Vision application is all about. So, actually, as a person who's not, you know, from the U.S. or, like, who doesn't speak English as their, their main language, I'm really yeah. curious to know what languages does the, the application support besides English? So, yeah, so currently the language support is for English and Hindi. 
Hindi and there is a story behind it. I mean, as we know that from statistics perspective, almost one third of the communities from India uh, and the sub-Asian countries. So, so initially we just have introduced Hindi as a second option language, uh, but with time we will certainly uh, add more and more languages to it. So. Would you tell us about some of, I know there's a challenge that we're going to be talking about here, uh, but what were some of the initial challenges that you have uh, when writing this program? Correct. So so challenges typically in terms of, uh, there are, I will categorize it in two ways. So one is the technical challenges that I'm facing and uh, or we face during the development. And the second is overall how to make the application sustainable over a period of time. So talking about the tech, technical challenges, this is uh, a program which heavily relies on machine learning, artificial intelligence, and, and the possibilities are infinite with this current technologies. But at the same time, we have to be careful about it because uh, it has its own implications as well. And that's where we say or call it as ethical AI, artificial intelligence. And what does that mean? So let me just briefly explain you. So, so we have an expiry date feature here. An expiry date feature in itself is very complicated in its nature, technicality. And that's the reason if you see any of the stores you know, on the Google apps, you won't see a single application which tries to identify expiry date because expiry date comes or expiration, that's the way in West uh, we, we say that, right? Expiration date. Uh, the, it comes in a plethora of formats. Sometimes it will be dash, sometimes it will be slash. There will be spaces out there. At times, the month will be first, date will be later, vice versa. Uh, the formats might be appended with zeros or not. So you can imagine the amount of permutations and combinations that, that this particular program has to deal with when it is trying to identify expiration date. And that's where uh, we, we have clearly mentioned that this is still in an experimental phase and make sure that you uh, you reconfirm it with a human uh, around you, human person around you, uh, because it is, it is still in, you know, in R&D. And the reason, as I said, right, although we have artificial intelligence, machine learning, the problem itself is so much complex uh, that it will take some additional time and resources to, uh, to get to that accuracy. And that's where we say it is as ethical AI application. That is, maybe the application will, if the application is not sure of the result, it's best that the application does not give any result out. Instead of spitting a wrong uh, wrong result, let's not even talk about the result there. And that's what we are trying to do. That uh, And we have got that feedback from many of the users as well. They say, you know what, other when I try to check the expiration date, it just beeps. So what does that deep means is that yes, the program has certainly identified that the expiration is somewhere in this area across the whole product. But till the point, it is not 100% or at least I cannot say even 100% because it's all probability, but good enough amount of confidence. Till the program is not having a decent amount of confidence, it will not go ahead and speak it aloud that the expiration date is XYZ. And that's the uh, that's the challenge that we are still facing. Uh, we are working towards it. We are taking help of some of the other developers as well here uh, to make it more accurate. Uh, and and that's the that's a very generic uh, problem statement in general when we are trying to solve complex issues with 
artificial intelligence so so that's that's where we are but we are still progressing towards it just to say adar the expiry date is absolutely fine here in the uk so uh, good okay. <laughs> good choice of labeling from our perspective anyway Right, right. That's because uh, Sam, one of my users from US, he he actually gave me that feedback that you know expiration. Yeah, it's expiration in the US. US. That's right. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and in terms of you know uh, from the uh, from uh, from the real estate perspective, expiries is much quicker and short. So uh, so I decided there. But yeah. So you guys actually have something called expiry date instead of expiration date. Yeah, that's right. It's expiry date. <laughs> Yeah. I learned something because <laughs> I thought it was a typo, you know. Um, no. <laughs> this is crazy. Now, okay. Now, really, I like that idea about finding out what the expiration or expiry date is because I, I give you a little story. So now and then in the evenings when I'm drinking my tea, I have a little dash of milk in there and trying to be like Edward or something crazy like that. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I put this milk in my tea and it just kind of not so good and i said to my wife hey i'm not sure that, that milk oh you took the one on the other side i said yeah she said oh, i was gonna dump it off i forgot how oh, doggone it you know <laughs> i had it in my tea <laughs> <laughs> right exactly <laughs> no you're, you're you're very much apt uh warren here and that that is something uh so before actually starting the development when i had this because this is an idea which i had in my mind from years but because of responsibilities and other priorities we always kept on pushing it later later but when i finally decided to jump into the actual development i actually tried to take some feedback from the user community on facebook youtube and this is something that popped up as one of the suggestions and and that really uh, uh, you know grabbed my attention and i started looking at it uh, and i saw that there is a huge uh, certainly there is a gap in the existing applications that are offering uh, any of such features and i didn't see any and that's where uh, i started you know working on this Great. So now let's move to the next challenge that we have observed and hence the reason we contacted you and you are so gracious to come on here and talk with us about the app. And this has to do with the fact that with uh, TalkBack running, uh, nothing happens. I mean, I could change my mode. Or for instance, if I want to switch to uh, the uh, defined or yeah, I think the fine or any of the modes, really, or document mode, uh, where it um instructed to tap on the screen to uh, uh, read the document. Of course, with talkback running, that's the current problem we have. With talkback running, it doesn't work. One has to actually unload talkback in order to be able to use the app. And so, are you working on that to make it compatible with talkback? Because since this is going to be for the blind, we're going to be running our screen readers when we run it. Or else you have to put in a message that says to be able to use it and load talkback when the app launches. Right. So so first of all, I would like to thank you and I do bring this to my attention. Uh, similarly, I got a couple of more feedbacks uh, from the local users as well. Uh, and it, it was unfortunately on my part, I was not aware uh, that, uh, you know, the talkback is something which is so commonly used. And uh, but the moment I got that feedback, I, I did tested it on my Android phone immediately. And I realized, yes, uh, absolutely. It is uh, you, you won't be able to interact with the application uh, at all if, if the talkback is enabled. 
so uh, so first of all thank you for bringing that to my notice and as uh, as soon as i realized that uh, we are, we started working towards it already the development is complete the talkback compatibility is added now to the application we are in a testing phase right now uh, and hopefully by next week uh, the update should be rolled out and and just to uh, remind you guys i mean this is beta version so yes it is still about to be a final version yet so such sort of feedbacks are absolutely valuable for us to make uh, this application uh, better and better in the quality so so certainly look forward for uh, for the next update by end of the next week and uh, uh, and certainly the compatibility should be there thank you so much so let's talk about sustainability um of course you're working on this thing takes a lot of your time i know that currently in this current form is better for anyone to try out uh, what are we looking at, you know, down the road? You know, I'm talking about Moolah-wise, you know, monetization of the app. Um, is there going to be like, uh, you know, a subscription or a one-time payment, annual, monthly thing? Are we thinking anything down the road concerning this type of um, subscriptions or anything of that? Correct. So, uh, so there are so uh, so there are multiple uh, business uh, modes that we can see through which we can monetize the application, and the reason we did not went ahead with a simple uh, annual or monthly subscription, and that's the only option because uh, there is because as we know, as and as I even mentioned earlier, almost one third of the community is from India, and Again, a large number of people are again from the sub-African Asian countries, where the uh, where the community is uh, is living a life which is uh, below poverty line. And imagining even the ten dollar, which which is usually ten dollar annual fee, which seems to be reasonable and even competitive as compared to the other applications as per our research in the market market, uh, it is still much higher for this. This particular subset of uh, people, and and our vision is to make sure to have this application reached out to as much as uh, people, irrespective of the monetary limitations. And that's where we believe that we have to go with the two-way route. One is the regular subscription based, uh, uh, and you can have an annual ten-dollar fee, uh, and uh, and you can use the application without any ads or so. And the second mode of uh, monetization was how to make it available for free with the ads, which should be non-intrusive uh, at the same time, and yet provide with some sort of little bit of monetary uh, uh, benefits from it. Because at the end, uh, this uh, you can imagine, right? The ads will be typically at the uh, in a banner mode at the very uh, bottom, bottom, yeah. bottom of it, so that they are not intrusive. Uh, but at the same time, just having those at bottom, obviously people are used to it, and hardly anybody is going to, you know, touch that. So whatever it will be, it will be really only display purpose only. And that monetization is certainly not, uh, not a very good idea of, uh, you know, business model. But at the same time, the intention here, this is a social, innovative uh, uh, initiative, and we are not only money minded here. And that's the reason we wanted to make sure to give that community who are living currently below poverty, because that's the way it is said that poverty is the cause and effect both of the blindness in, in such areas uh, of these countries. 
and we have to make sure that the application and to your surprise i mean most of the people here we did that research as well they have accessibility to android so maybe they might be even struggling and this is something the a feedback which i got from some of the volunteers who are working with the community very closely that most of the people are still having an android even though they might be having some financial challenges they make sure because technology and mobile has become a part of daily life become a part of our own life now it is not really anything different so fortunately accessibility to android is still there so it's just a matter of providing a uh, it means through the application to to reach out to them and they can start leveraging it so that is the second mode of monetization that we have uh, we have thought of now let me take liberty here before i ask my next question and that's to say that you guys do have a crowdsource funding page located at the following url and that url is https slash slash impact com slash fundraiser slash help dash audible vision that address again is https slash slash impact dot com slash fundraiser slash help dash audible vision I encourage you guys listening to this podcast to inform your friends and neighbors about this funding source so we can all have a good thing. Thank you so much. Now let's talk about the document mode and I think that's the one that I'm kind of liking a lot. Would you be thinking about maybe implementing a situation or feature here that after I'm done with Uh, recognizing a document maybe i want to save that document or maybe i want to share that document uh with some other app say i want to send it to someone on an email or i want to send it to someone via telegram would there be a feature say share or or copy or something like that correct yep yep and uh, that's a very valuable feedback for uh, absolutely that is something that is in our to do list uh right now i cannot uh precisely say that when that feature will be out but yes uh sharing the captured document with some other applications is is a, is one of the important features uh, which uh, which usually document apart from reading you will like to do and uh, like whatsapp or facebook or otherwise so certainly that feature addition is in pipeline uh, and you know whenever it is ready you will suddenly notify so i have one question regarding our, like this currency so in india especially if you know that rbi always keeps changing yes. the currency size and the note size and coin size so does the app have currency recognition or is there a feature in the to do list yes yes so austin you are precisely right and uh, and i feel currency recognition not only just in india but in anywhere usually that would be a helpful feature and if you see some of the other applications in market they already have this uh the reason we intentionally kept it uh, at a later stage in the in our to do list or pipeline is because we felt that we wanted to first go ahead with our niche uh, unique ideas uh, otherwise otherwise the community will again feel that you know this is like typical other application and what's the value addition so we are uh, so we have kept that as a later phase but certainly it's in our to do list and will be uh, rolled out 
Uh, one feature I was really excited about and I thought was markedly different from some of the other apps uh, was the Find tab. Now, I've got my own sort of little uh, use case ideas for it, but I wonder if you could tell us what uh, what your purpose was in implementing that and how you envisage it being used. Right. And so, uh, so the Find, yes, and if you see most of the applications, what they try to find is they also have the Find feature, but what do they usually do is uh, find a chair, find a staircase, find a table, find a computer. And they, that's a typical... Uh, machine learning model they try to implement. And uh, and again, that is certainly helpful uh, in, in, a, in a varied variety of use case. Uh, but as you mentioned, most of the places, most of the other application already has it. So what's the value add that we are trying to provide here? And that's where, uh, that's where we felt that finding a particular object or a place or a shop or a product or a particular uh, area of interest, like as I mentioned, the exit, the exit door or elevator. How can you do that using, because the objects will keep on increasing forever. And that machine learning, uh, the, the typically identifying the object in itself is, is a slow path to, go, to reach there. So what our thought was that with find text feature, you just specify the text. It's because text is everywhere, whether you are at home, whether you are at shopping mall, whether you are on a street, you have shop names, you have uh, product names. They are not going anywhere and their shapes are not going to change. It is a text after all, whether it can be English or Hindi or, or anything else. So so in, in our mind, the use case was if somebody wants is in a, is in a kitchen uh, wanting to find a particular product, let's say uh, a particular smoothie or a particular uh, masala in the Indian, uh, Indian kitchens, you will find many. So how do we identify? Just put up labels there in, in plain English and you will be able to identify a particular product right away. You go to shopping uh, shopping mall and when, or in the grocery shop and there are multiple products out there. Uh, where, so you, you just, instead of trying to hold each and every product and try to identify using smart text feature, why not simply put out the name in the find feature and, and just move around the camera and whenever it identifies the product of your interest, it will start beeping and you you will be that that gives you a sort of a shortcut instead of going through the lengthy process of smart text each and every product per se. And and the final one is the navigation. So whenever you are you are trying to search for an exit door or whenever you are trying to search for particularly an elevator uh, or similarly one of the use cases one of our users mentioned is uh, during the when when they are out and they want to particularly find a men's toilet room and that's where they they will be that it will be much easier now for them to identify uh, which is the way so so these are some of the use cases which uh, which we are hoping that will be solved using the find feature yeah, and it was that very last one that I like the sound of. For someone who spends a lot of time, a lot of time in bars, some of which I haven't been to before, <laughs> that idea that you can you can find the toilet or the, or the restrooms, as Warren would probably say, uh, uh, relatively easily by by use of the find text. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. So talking about that finding text uh, adder, I see the usage like one finding that bathroom, or maybe I'm trying to find um, a text. On a given document, I want to find uh, the word fish in this document, of course. So when it bips, um, it, it'll, that tells me, yeah, I have found fish. You know, I'm looking for the word fish and I have found fish. 
would there be, you know, I know this is probably, you know, too much of a wishful thinking, but would it be possible to maybe sometime say, hey, that word fish is uh, near the bottom of the page or it's in the middle of the page. I'm looking for the bathroom and it says the word bathroom is to my left, something like that. Could it something that you guys could look into it and see if that's something that you guys could uh, implement? I know it's a, it's a sure. huge challenge. Uh, uh, no, so I think that's a very fair uh, you know, suggestion. And keeping in mind earlier thought use uh, use cases, right? So the, the whole intent was the moment you move your camera and let's say whenever we say the exit or men's toilet, uh, restroom, that direction it was sufficient considering the scale of the real world uh, use case that we are trying to find. But what you are suggesting, Warren, is a very unique uh, use case where we are in a very limited span of a textbook and then you are trying to identify uh, what is the potential location. So uh, we, we we did not uh, consider that during the uh, during this feature development, but this is something we'll certainly consider uh, and uh, we'll try and see how we can accommodate that. Great. Let's talk about now some very important feature. And I know using AI and all of that, this may not be feasible, but let's talk about would this be able to work offline or it has to be connected all the time? So for most of the tabs, it works uh, offline, except for the fine tab. But but now we are also working towards it. The moment that we are trying to make it compatible with TalkBack, now an option will be available through which you uh, will be able to input the text using the text box and just hit uh, you know find button. So with that, the offline capability will also be enabled. So in, in short, it will be enabled for all the features. That's beautiful because, you know, not everyone always has internet connectivity. And most especially when we talk about developing countries, you know, internet is important and data is something that people jealously guard against. You know, you don't want to be exhausting your data and all of that. And so Absolutely. I think that what you guys are doing and thinking about is a good thing because for me, when I look at a, an OCR package, the first thing that comes to mind, we did a little uh, episode on OCR packages in this class, um, I think maybe about, what, three or four 29, weeks ago? I think. Episode 29, yeah. Episode 29. Yeah. 29. Episode 29. And so for us, the criteria that we use is that, hey, does this thing work offline? Because, for instance, if I'm going to look up my credit card, I want it to read my credit card number, or I want to find what, what those barcode, you know, those three digits are at the back, um, I wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, having such a thing online. So uh, it is key that we have the ability to read things offline. Correct. And, and you brought a very important point here, Warren, and that is, uh, you know, usage uh, data privacy. Uh, because this is something we have been very mindful about. Uh, and while doing our market research, we, we did identify that there are uh, a few applications which do, uh, uh, you know, are available for free without any ads as well. But again, the, the usage policy, they are asking users that, you know, to accept the policy where they will have access to the usage statistics, etc. So the way we have built is absolutely uh, uh, 
private. Whatever is being done on the phone, on the application remains with the user. We are not gathering any sort of data so that people should be rest assured that whatever they are trying to do with the application that is safe with them. So that, that is one of the keys. And second, as you mentioned, this is also built with a specific thought in our mind uh, because we are developing it for the developing countries and for, and for that community, the internet usage is, uh, is, is not a very uh, usual, it is not very inex inexpensive uh, sort of a daily routine right, for them. And that's the reason we had to make sure that we have we, we keep the offline features as much as possible. That's actually amazing. And actually, one of the things that I always think about when, you know, I find a new OCR application or applications like that is what's I mean, what is the thing that actually kind of makes it stand up between the others? One of the things is actually like being able to work offline because, you know, not every single application actually has this possibility. So that's a fantastic thing that you actually have this in mind. Um, also about the security of the credit cards. Like I'm one of people who doesn't like, if I don't want someone to read me my credit card number, um, it's very important to actually, it's one of the crucial things um, is if I want the application to read it. And to be honest, when I thought about it, I was like, okay, so how would I, you know, feel safe that I'm going to let an application read me my credit card. And I felt bad about it, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> Which is true. Which is true. <laughs> and precisely, Mariam, as you mentioned, right? I mean, privacy, user privacy is something that we have uh, kept as our, uh, you know, our unique niche and uh, where, we, where we want to certainly uh, leverage and give more and more security to the users. Yeah, it, it is important because... It's just like any sighted person, they pull out their card. Um, not the whole world is seeing it, it's just them seeing it, yeah. right? And so the same thing for me as a blind person, I want to look up what my card is or what the barcode is. I don't want the whole world to see what my damn barcode is, right? <laughs> so it absolutely makes sense. So uh, that's one of the criteria that we here at the Blind Android Users Podcast um, look for when we're looking for OCR packages. Uh, does it support offline? And that's a big perk when uh, an app uh, OCR package does, if it has that functionality, it's a big perk. Absolutely, makes sense. Yeah. Um, how about, you know, you tell us about how people could find you and, and all of that good stuff, you know, whether people could... Uh, of course, we know we're going to be putting the uh, play URL in our show notes. Um, but is there other ways that people would contact you if you want them to contact you besides uh, accessing your contact via the uh, Play Store or anything like that? Uh, yeah, so we have a uh, website which is very simple. It's you just have to type in audiblevision.in. And uh, so I'll repeat myself audiblevision.in. And with there, uh, you will be able to find our contact email as well. Also about the, what are the various features that are there, a link directly to the beta application on the uh, Google Android store. And a quick video, which uh, gives us the perspective that why we are building this application and what are the demo features that are available. So that's a one shop stop and uh, all the information should be available there. So that's audiblevision.in. Um, so 
If people are trying to go to your website, just remember that, guys, just audiblevision.in. And so as we're coming closer to ending this, let's give you another plug-in um, adder. This is a great app, and we're looking forward to when this becomes uh, something that works well. We've uh, talked back. You've talked about the fact that you guys are working on it. Hey, how about when this, thing's, uh, this thing gets better, how about you come back again? Let's talk about it, you know, as it progresses and we have all the good stuff. Uh, would you be willing to come back again? Or did we scare you away? You know, would you come back again? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I mean, in fact, I even told you at the start of our conversation that, that this is certainly a great initiative that you guys have created. And the reason being, the moment I started working on Audible Vision, I saw quite a few... Um, good quality applications on iOS, right? And on the iPhones. But where, and, and there are good applications on Android as well, no doubt. But, but the amount of applications, the, the subscription rates, uh, all of that are not really, you know, for, for, especially as I mentioned, the developing countries, et cetera, where, uh, where, where you won't get any, so many options of free application available to be downloaded. And that's where, where I personally feel Android, not just because I use Android, but I certainly feel that Android has equal uh, equal capability as iPhone or iOS to to have more and more accessibility features uh, inbuilt, which are there, like TalkBack, as we talked about, and which are very helpful. So, uh, so and and users, uh, as I mentioned, in India, Africa, sub Asian countries, are primarily Android users. They cannot afford iPhones. That's a uh, that's a very simple uh, you know fact out there. So with what you guys are doing is really helping create the awareness, creating the community, come together, help each other resolve and inform each other what is available in this platform is is extremely valuable. And that is I'm I'm sure that is going to help a lot many more people in coming days uh, than than what audience you have right now. So thank you for uh, having this initiative in place. I'm glad you touched on that because, you know, we've had uh, developers, you know, come on Android, started out on Android, and then, you know, down the line, they kind of just abandon uh, their early beginnings and just go to the other side. And it kind of pains my heart uh, when a developer does that. It's like, hey, this is my home, but now that I'm here, I'm, I'm forgetting about my humble beginnings. And I hope that you don't. You don't forget that this is your home. In other words, this is Android. Android yeah. is your home because to me, uh, whether we like it or not, you people say, uh, you know, iPhone, iPhone, but the majority of the world doesn't use iPhone. And and like you've indicated, we have a lot of people either in, in the Asian and African countries and other places like that. Android is the most widely used platform. And so if we're going to be able to reach these blind people in these areas, we've got to keep things rocking on that Android platform. Yeah, absolutely right, Warren. And although we are certainly planning to, you know, develop the application already in place in iOS as well, but don't worry, we are not going to abandon the sheep. We are. This is our first start, and Android is something. The whole intent is different, right? As I mentioned in the beginning, monetization or having a lot of benefits is not really the intent. Of why we have started this, 
and hence uh, that will continue and will continue supporting and developing more and more in android as well Oh, good. Because the monetization thing, I think, is a reason why some of the iOS developers who started out on Android leave blind users on Android behind. They look at their subscription data, and as you say, perhaps iPhones are more prevalent in the West. Uh, yeah. People there are more likely to be able to afford a subscription, so they say, "Hang on a minute, I'm getting you know X thousand iPhone subscriptions and Y fewer thousand Android <laughs> subscriptions. I'm developing the features first on iOS because that's where the money's coming in." Uh, which is understandable if mildly depressing. No, you are correct, Ed, because it's it's not just and only about the the developers here. Because the way I believe the VCs and all they also try and fund is where they try to see where is the monetization, and then when you are trying to go in a startup level rather than just being a you know uh, your own initiative, other people who are actually investing money in your uh, your company. their stake also is uh, equally important but but yes that that's where we want to differentiate ourselves uh, we have a very clear vision and those who will be aligned with our vision we are more than happy to work with them and uh, but at the same time as i said we we have to make this sustainable uh, just me working towards it and having a few volunteers are not going to help so certainly we'll need funding and we'll need to make ios to make it more financially sustainable uh, application but by no means uh, android is going to get a second gear or otherwise so in fact uh, that is the reason even we were asking out that if people have any iphone spare iphones etc we will you know develop towards it so that we can start monetizing from that uh, but but android is something that will be our priority and we will continue to work towards it that sounds really good and you know that has to do with updates too because i've seen Like I said earlier on, you know, a developer starts out here on Android and then, you know, branches into iOS and then updates the one on iOS and kind of forgets about us here on Android and I'm like, "Oh, I want to pull out that tiger to go after that developer." You know? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, it, it just happens because like there's been um, you know, a common point that most blinds use iOS and developers tend to go that side because they think that you know they're going to actually win over or they would have much more popularity on the Apple Store more than the Play Store which is definitely totally wrong like with what what's been happening lately i guess yeah but in in reality when you look at it you know because we don't have that data we just have the western data of you know people using the mobile phone but if you look in reality i believe with all my heart there are more blind people using android than blind people using the iphone yeah that's right especially like in asia and africa and stuff like that um yeah yeah that's true well thank you so much for coming again and like i said when we want you back on here to talk about this thing as we go along i hope you'll still be open to us absolutely more than happy for you and team and you know thank you for having me here thanks so much we're honored to have you here today thank you so much thank you guys thank you right thanks austin thank you very much yeah thanks thanks for coming thanks for him uh, have a great time ahead have a good day bye bye you too good luck bye now we have our tip of the week and warren is going to talk about copying following a query we had uh, on our email group this week So here we are talking about 
copying and pasting or, you know, selecting text and things like that. Let's say you have a message in your messaging app or you want to share that or you want to copy that and, and append it to something that you already have. And so that's what it is. We got a few email messages on our forum and it has to do about copying or appending something to something that I already have. I'm here on my Google Keep and I'm using my Android 11. I, I'm not using an Android 12 uh, powered phone because I'm going to be using something that most people have. And so using Android 11, and I don't have multi-finger gesture support on this, so I'm using the old method here. I have this note open up on my keep uh, keep notes that I was talking about exiting WhatsApp, and I sent it to all my friends on WhatsApp. And Thanks, hi. In lieu of WhatsApp policy change with respect to users' data and all of that we're in, our data will now be shared with third-party partners of theirs with Facebook, having access to all of that. So that's what I was I was telling my friends. Hey, I'm going to be switching to Telegram. You know, if you don't have Telegram uh, and you still want to be in touch with me, you better switch to Telegram. So that was what the crux of the, the matter is. And so when I am in an editing mode, if I tap anywhere here, Showing English, US, and so I want to say, for instance, I want to copy maybe the beginning of that um, high or whatever and put it at the end. So, for instance, I will then activate my editing feature. And you can always go into your uh, talkback settings and choose how you activate your editing feature or how you activate. Uh, the customization of something like, you know, show actions or uh, something like read from next item and all of that. All of these is found here in the talkback menu, which I could just quickly go into before talkback we do menu. this. Repeat last screen, hide screen, voice commands, talkback settings. Hide. So if I, I go into talkback settings and then I go to customize gestures. Customize, customize, customize gestures. Customize gestures. Navigate up. Button out of list. So like I said, my Android 11 that I have, unless if you have Samsung device, then it will have the multi-finger gestures. Or if you have a Pixel 3 or higher and you are still on Android 11, you'll have those multi-fingers gestures. But I am doing this on a Pixel 2, and therefore it does not have those uh, three-finger and four-finger um, gestures and all of that. So all I have is the single um, one-finger gesture or two-finger, and I don't even have the taps. So here is what, Move focus what I'm talking about. Swipe down, move navigation, focus forward, or adjust reading control down. So I'm going to go to the next heading. So I'm going to... Characters, speech, links, control, headings. And I'm going to swipe down. One finger back and forth, heading. And under that heading... Swipe up, then down, previous reading control. Swipe down, then up, next reading control. Swipe left, then right, show custom actions. That's the one I reassigned. Swipe right, then left, next reading control. Showing items 12 to 22 of 26. I'm going to go to the next. One finger angle, heading. And. Swipe up, then left, home. Swipe up, then right, open talkback menu. Swipe up, then right. 
I'm going to go down. Fingerprint gestures. Heading. And it's in my fingerprint gesture that I assigned the action to editing. Swipe up on fingerprint sensor. Previous reading control. Swipe down on fingerprint sensor. Player pause media. Swipe left on fingerprint sensor. Read from next item. Swipe right on fingerprint sensor. Show editing options. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Now I'm going to go back to my keep notes, back to that WhatsApp message I sent uh, earlier in this year. Showing English. Okay. So what I do now, I'm going to activate my editing mode. Editing options. Move cursor to beginning and list. So I could move cursor to the beginning. Move cursor to end. Move it to the end. Cut. Cut. Copy. Copy. Paste. 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 Select all. Select all. Start or end selection mode. Start or end selection mode. Cancel. Or cancel. Cancel. Okay. So I, what I want to do here is to go and activate the selection mode. Select all and list. Start or end selection mode. Selection mode up high. In lieu of WhatsApp. So I got the selection mode on. So I want to go to the beginning of my document. Talk back and by the way, I could assign a gesture to it, um, to where I could just do that to take me to the beginning of that uh, line or, or that document. But I just activated the editing mode, and now I'm going to tap on where it says go to beginning of line. Move cursor to beginning and list. Beginning of field. Okay, so now that I'm at the beginning and I'm still in the selection mode, I hope so, I will now swipe down to select high. High, selected. Swipe down again. Next word. In, selected. Blue, selected. Of, selected. WhatsApp, selected. So I want to end my selection here, but I want to first of all copy what I just selected. So now I'll again activate the um, menu, the editing menu. Now, if you are using something like um, the multi-finger gestures, you could just uh, use the, the tabs to copy. I mean, I could assign a gesture to copy as well, but I want to go back to that editing mode. Editing options. And now I'm going to tab on copy. Move cursor to cut. Copy. Copied. Hi. In lieu of WhatsApp. Showing recently copied or captured content as candidate. Okay, so now I'm going to end my selection mode. Editing options. Move cursor. End selection mode. Selection mode off. Selected. And now I'm going to go go to the end of the line and paste this. Editing options. Move cursor. Move cursor to end. End of field. And now I'm going to paste that thing at the end Editing here. Options. Move cursor. Paste. Paste it. Hi. In lieu of WhatsApp. So there we are. I just pasted that at the end of my document which was actually at the beginning of my document. And so that's how you go about appending something to what you already have while you are editing something. There are, like I said, if you are using the TalkBack 9.1 on a device that supports multi-finger gesture, the process is very quick and efficient. However, like I said, I could have assigned gestures as well to do this, but 
I'm showing it in its default uh, form. Now, of course, you can always use from the talkback menu this uh, repeat last um, utterance or copy last utterance. Talkback for menu. instance, navigation, read from top, read from next, I copy last spoken phrase, spell last spoken phrase, repeat last spoken phrase. And things like that. You could do that right there too. But that is how you go about editing using TalkBack if you're in an edit field. Um, could you also show how you'd go about copying something and appending it that wasn't uh, an edit field? Sure. So let's say, for instance, let's just go to, uh, you know, the Google Home feed. Button, best Android smartwatches. Wear OS, Samsung, more. Uh, good article. <laughs> All right. So here I am. Advertisement. I'm going to scroll up. In May 2021, Google announced a major revamp to its Wear OS platform with Wear OS 3. The update will be a collaboration between Google, Samsung, and Fitbit and will be the platform's biggest update since 2016. However, it comes with some major impacts for the market as it stands today. Okay, so if I wanted to just copy this, I could just invoke the copy last spoken, and that would be talkback menu. going into my talkback menu. Repeat last spoken phrase, green search. Spell last, copy last spoken phrase. Copied and make best Android smartwatches. Wear OS. Okay, so I just touched that and so I had copied that. Now, if I didn't want to do that, I could long press here. So I have long pressed this and here. For the time, web search, pop up window, select all. Share. I could select copy. all. But I don't want to select all, but that's the, the thing I could do is to select all and go paste it there and chop off what I don't want. But right now, though, that I've copied what I, I wanted, this first part that I just talked about or just heard it read, let's say I want to go paste it in that thing that I had about the WhatsApp. Let's go back to my keep notes. Showing recently copied or captured content as candidate. Keep notes. Hi. In lieu of WhatsApp. So here I am, and that thing is showing here on my on my clipboard. Now I want to append it at the bottom of this thing that I have. So I'm going to activate my editing feature and make sure I'm at the end of the document. And move cursor to beginning. And list move cursor to end. Well, let's let's put it at the beginning. Move cursor to beginning. Beginning of field. Okay, now I could either just uh, go to the editing feature and tap on paste, or secondly, I could long press anywhere here and find and tap on paste, or third, I could look on my keyboard and the thing that I copied is sitting here, I could just tap on that and it'll paste it. Right there, so if I tap... In May 2021, Google announced a major revamp to its wearable. I just pasted that there right now. So that's at the top of my document now, instead as the high that we had earlier. And that is how you would go about pasting or appending something um, like I described earlier.
Yeah, I just want to say that the pasting option, you know, when the text appears on the keyboard, it's only available on the Google keyboard or the Gboard, as you can say. Yeah, but um, most keyboards do that. Even Microsoft Swift Key has that feature. Yeah, I, I don't know which keyboard doesn't have that. Samsung keyboard doesn't. And also, uh, yeah, what I wanted to say is um, you would have to turn the keyboard, the Gboard clipboard on to have this feature. If you want to copy or paste or use it as a clipboard. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I just wanted to put that up there in case people are wondering or wondering why does it work. Since, like, I guess that pacing through the Gboard um, clipboard is much easier. Like, you just touch the text and you double tap and it pastes it. So it's amazing. I like that. Well, it's all, and it will actually, when you go into an edit field, it will suggest, hey, you have something here on your keyboard. You know, you want to paste that, you know, and you just, it's right there at the top of your keyboard above the, um, you know, the, the row of um, buttons and you just tap on that. Of course, when you, you put your finger down, it actually will read the whole thing and, you know, confirming that that's what you have on your clipboard yeah, and you, exactly. could, you could tap on that too. So uh, I, this is what I like about uh, Android because, you know, we have, it's just like Windows, you have more than one way of doing things. If you're not liking one particular way of doing something, you could either use the second or the third method. So I like that. Uh, flexibility wherein we could choose how we go about accomplishing certain tasks. Thanks, Warren. A uh, uh, very useful uh, tip of the week, which I think will have answered a lot of the queries we had on the email group. Now it's time for our app of the week, and I give a brief introduction to and demonstration of uh, the new app from a couple of people who used to work at WhatsApp, and this is Hello App. Hello everyone and welcome to this short introduction to and demonstration of the new social media app, Hello App. Uh, just to clear up its name, it's Hello App, all one word, H-A for alpha, L-L-O-A-P-P, conscious that it might sound like hello but it's not, it's Hello App. So what is it? Well, it's an app developed by a couple of people who used to work at WhatsApp um, its claim is that it's a social media app which puts privacy at its heart. So it claims that um, it won't ever uh, sell or pass on your personal data. Indeed, it only ever collects your name and phone number. So it has a limited amount of data anyway. Um, it says you will never see any ads in the app. It's a way to keep in touch with friends, family and contacts, uh, uninterrupted by ads and other things and sponsored posts and all the rest of it. So it's an app which works by accessing your contacts and um, you're linked uh, to your account by your phone number. You can invite other contacts to join. Uh, they may have already invited you. And once you're on the app, um, there are various different sections. There's a news feed where you will see posts uh, from yourself, obviously, uh, your contacts. And in those posts, you'll see comments, uh, some of whom might not be from your contacts. They'll be from your contacts' friends, a little bit like the news feed on Facebook. Uh, there's a group section which looks very much like WhatsApp groups from what little I've been able to glean from it insofar as you either create groups or are invited to join them. Uh, they don't appear to be open groups as they are on Facebook. And then there's a chat section where you can exchange individual messages um, with different users. Those, that's sort of the core functionality at the minute. A few things I've been able to glean from the help section. 
Uh, your posts uh, are on the server for 30 days and then they're deleted. Uh, messages are never deleted, uh, although you yourself uh, can delete them. Um, you can delete posts that you've made, though you can't currently edit them. Uh, you can delete comments within an hour of posting them, but uh, again, you can't yet edit them. And perhaps the biggest limitation of all at this stage, as far as I can see, in that it's it's one phone number per account. There's no way to add a second phone number to a, to your account. There's currently no way to transfer your account to a different phone number or to put it another way to change the phone number associated with your account. You know, were you to lose your phone, uh, you could obviously get another SIM with the same number, in which case you'd be fine. You could recover your account. Uh, if not... Well, uh, new phone number, new account. That's enough from me. Let's have a look at the app itself. So we'll open the app. So I have uh, already put in my phone number, but I'll just explore this screen. That's where you would enter your name if you hadn't already uh, done it. So it does have my name, uh, so I'll double tap on that. So it's saying 12 of 25 there, and that is because uh, of the number of characters my name takes up versus the number of characters I actually have available. So I'm going to put my phone number in here. Now I've entered that, I'm going to hit the next button. Now, that has entered in uh, my verification code automatically from messages. Uh, I've got to say, that's not always my experience on uh, third-party apps requiring text message verification on Android. Uh, typically, I've either uh, been offered... Uh, uh, by the messaging app for it to enter it, or uh, I've been invited to copy the code to the clipboard. This, though, uh, has just pulled the code down into the app automatically. Uh, let's see what the one last thing it wanted to tell us was. It wants to access my contacts. As I say, it's a, it's a, an app that works on mobile, well, yeah, mobile numbers. Uh, so that's how it identifies uh, friends. So it wants to see my contacts so it can tell me who's already on the app. Allow Adel app to access your contacts. Allow button. Adel app. Adel app. Oh. So we have four tabs at the bottom of the screen where I'm going to start. Oh, we'll see what's on that home screen in a minute. Uh, groups. I, I briefly discussed those. As I say, to me, they look more like WhatsApp groups from the help menu, uh, from the help topics. The chats tab, where your individual messages will be. And a settings tab. So let's start with home, see what we've got. Selected. Oh. 
So not much on here at the minute. Uh, No one I know, if there is indeed anyone I know, has posted anything. So let's add a post. So I've tapped the Add Post button, and there's no particular feedback that anything's happened. So I just swiped right and left there between the Add Post button and the tab controls. Actually, something has popped up, but TalkBack hasn't notified us. It's on the right-hand side of the screen. List, out of list, labels of text, button, double tap to activate, camera, button, gallery, button, list, add post, button, double tap to that list, gallery, button, double tap, camera, button, double text, button. So I have three options. As you heard, camera, gallery, and text. Obviously, fairly self-explanatory. A camera would let me take a selfie. A gallery lets me upload a picture. I want text. These options are about halfway down to two-thirds of the way down your screen on the right. I'm going to tap text. Cadillac. Navigate up. Button. New post. Sharing with my contacts. Write a post. Edit box. Show in English. UK. Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Keyboard. So I'm going to switch us to the talkback. Keyboard quickly. And I am unfailingly original and never at all derivative. So my first post on this platform is going to be Hello World, because that's never been used in computing at all, has it? So let's see how I actually post that. Double tap and hold the lock editing. Hello world. Edit box. Write a post. Navigate up. Button. Navigate up. Navigate up. New post. Sharing with. Share. Editing. Hello world. Edit box. Write a post. Share. Double so I'm guessing the button to post it is the one to the left of the edit box, which says share, because there doesn't seem to be a post button. So uh, let's see if I'm right, or see if that actually wants me to share it with an individual contact. Let's see. Share. English. UK. Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Keyboard. Edit. Hello app. Invite. Double tap to that. Notifications. Me now, unlabeled button. Me now, unlabeled button. Unlabeled button. Hello world. There we go. It did uh, let me uh, do that. So you hit the share button to make that post. There are a couple of unlabeled buttons next to uh, the post. Let's see if we can work out what these might unlabeled do. Button. Unlabeled button. My post. Navigate up. My post. Plus forty four seventy nine seventy four four. Unlabeled button. Edward Green. Me now, unlabeled button. Hello world. Comment. See by button. I can comment on my own post, and I can see who it's been seen by. So there we go. We could uh, manage the privacy on that post to restrict it uh, to a few contacts. So that was the... uh, for the um that's it for the home tab. I'm gonna now move to go and look at the groups tab. So I, I did create a group uh, in the second part of this recording and that that sort of failed, so I'm redoing it. Uh, for some reason it didn't save. So I will show you uh creating a group. So Warren Carr, one of my contacts, um, for the purposes of this, I will double tap. 
And uh, I could add more contacts here. I'm not going to because I have very few people on the Hello app at the minute. So I'm going to flick left to next. And we could key in a group name here. And then left of the edit box is the create button. It's disabled because um, I haven't put any text in there. I'm not going to create a group right now. I'm going to back out of that. I'm going to back out again. And again, back to the... Yeah, we'll discard that uh, group we started to create. And we could search for groups. Now, I still think this is more of a WhatsApp group situation whereby you are added to and invited uh, to groups or you create them. Uh, and invite your contacts. When I tried to do searching on some fairly common words, nothing much came up. Whether whether you can see contacts, uh, groups that your contacts are in, I'm not sure. Um, but everything I read in the help section suggested it was like the um, uh, situation with uh, WhatsApp rather than uh, Facebook, so, so closed groups. Next, we move to the Chats tab. Chats tab, three or four. And I have an ongoing conversation in here with uh, Warren Carr, my one contact on here. That was me telling Warren, uh, he pointed out that the demo rather ended abruptly, which it did. I've just listened back to it. Um, so uh, I had created uh, a group on the previous uh, version of this, but I, I've shown you the group creation field. I think that's enough. I will show you how to write a message, though. So we're in the chat. So in the bottom right-hand corner of this is the send button, and if you swipe left, you can type a message. So I'll just say to Warren... Recording the demo again. There we go. Now, interestingly, now that we've actually started the chat, the send button has moved. So when I was in the list of messages without having actually written one or list of chat messages, it was in the bottom right-hand corner, uh, and I found the um, edit box, as you heard, by locating the send button and swiping left twice. Now it's in the top... Uh, well, it's not in the very top left-hand corner. It's, it's Sorry, it's the top right-hand corner. It's, it's above the keyboard on the right-hand side, about halfway up. So it has, it has moved. I'm going to send this message. And it doesn't tell us, but I'll confirm that it's been sent. There it is. So I'm going to come out the chat. Uh, and I'm going to... Uh, the, the new chat button uh, is on the right-hand side as well, just above the four tabs. So we're going to go into settings. Settings. Selected. So in here, uh, that's got my name and mobile number. I can upload a picture. That's what one of the unlabeled buttons does. I can change my name. 
and that's that that little warning about how many characters in my name field I have left. I can't. The next thing in settings is my post. Let's go and have a look at see what's in there. My post. Navigate up. Button. My post. Plus 4479. Unlabeled. Button. Edward Green. Me. Unlabeled. Button. Hello world. Comment. Seen by one person. And I can see the one post I made has been seen by one person. Plus 44. Navigate up. Navigate up. If I come out of there. Hello app. My post. Account. Double tap. Let's go and see what's in the account settings. Account. Navigate up. Account. Request my data. Delete account. And as you'd expect for a privacy focused app. The request my data and delete my account are fairly prominent. They're not buried at all. That's it for the account settings. We're going to notifications. Again, very straightforward. You can be notified about posts, comments, or neither, and you control those separately. Let's look at privacy. Let's say this is the visibility of posts. It's currently set to my phone contacts. So it's phone contacts, contacts accepts, and only share with. And obviously, contacts accepts. Uh, means that everyone apart from the people you specify can see it, only share with, uh, it's only those people you can see it. So if we go out of that bit, we're still in privacy. Block contacts. So let's have a look. Let's go to block user. We've blocked Warren, that's not very nice, is it? So that's very simple. You double tap on block user. Um, had you uh, several contacts on here, you could have done a search. Warren was my only one. I'm going to hopefully unblock him fairly easily. Warren Carr. Would you like to unblock Warren Carr? Cancel. Button. Unblock. Unblock. Unblock Warren Carr. Block contacts. Unblock Warren Carr. Button. And then if we back out. Privacy. Lock contacts. And we'll back out again because we're Button. still in privacy. Hello, man. Privacy. And then we have help. Help. Navigate up. Help. Flag. Double tap to activate. Help. Flag. We've got the FAQ. That will take you to a web browser. And that's where I uh, got some of the stuff I spoke about at the beginning of the podcast. Terms of service. Privacy policy. Share feedback and logs. And that's it. That's the app, folks. Uh, fairly simple at the minute. A few unlabeled buttons, but nothing insurmountable. The trickiest part is probably uh, when you hit the add new, po- uh, uh, new post button and nothing in particular appears to happen. But as you saw, it's fairly easily remedied. Uh, the options appear down the right-hand side. Hope you enjoyed the demo, and let's see how this app develops. I hope that was useful, and you'll have already heard us discuss uh, Hello App earlier on briefly in the social media segment that's all we have for you this week austin how do people find us so people can find us by visiting us on our website that is blindandroidusers.com they can if you have questions send an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com you can subscribe to our mailing list by sending in an email to blindandroidusers plus subscribe at groups.io The links for the Telegram group, Twitter, Clubhouse, YouTube will be in the show notes. And if you want to have your WordPress site built or upgraded, 
we'll have also Doug's site in the show notes. You can go there and contact him and start working on your site. Well, that's it for this week, everyone. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye, everyone, and looking forward to seeing you guys next. Seeing you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. And next week, uh, uh, Miriam, uh, bring some of that shrimp, would you? Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> and that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.